Hi everyone, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo, I'm the author of the film review website Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 written reviews to read there anytime covering the classics all the way to today. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. Today I'm going to be looking at a film that's kind of part of a reboot of a series that came out a little over 15 years ago. It's Tomb Raider. It's the action-adventure film based, of course, on the video game series that have been around for, I guess, the last couple of decades. PG-13 rated sequences of violence and action and some language is the reason why. The runtime is an hour and 58 minutes. Alicia Vikander, Dominic West, Walton Goggins, Daniel Wu, Kristen Scott Thomas, and Nick Frost also gets a an uncredited role in this film, but a significant one. The director is well, a mouthful for me. Rorar Utaug, I think, is the pronunciation. I hope I got that at least reasonably close to right. I'm sure I'll get someone from Norway writing to me and telling me I am way, way off. Uh, the screenplay is credited to Geneva Robertson-Dwaret and Alastair Sidans. More names I probably have mispronounced. Alicia Vikander in this film is starring as the titular Tomb Raider, Laura Croft. She is the daughter of a wealthy archaeologist and an adventurer named Lord Richard Croft. Richard Croft has been missing since Laura was a little girl, and her father is now thought of as being dead, with Laura pressed by a woman named Anna, her guardian in Richard's absence, into signing papers that acknowledge Richard's demise that would allow her to inherit his substantial estate. When Lara receives clues as to Richard's final intended destination when he left her and her mother seven years ago, she takes a chance to seek out the location on the hopes of discovering what happened to him. Her travels lead her to a treacherous and uncharted island off of the coast of Japan, where she discovers a shifty organization called Trinity has set up operations there. The operations are led by an unscrupulous man named Matthias Vogel, who lords over the island with a team of brutish and heavily armed mercenaries who are lording over a horde of enslaved people to help them to excavate, one of whom is now the captured Laura. And the whole operation is there in order to discover and open the tomb of a famed and cursed Japanese empress named Himiko. Obviously, there's more to the story. All of it is very predictable, but I'll end it there for the sake of people who are not really good at predicting predictable stories. Tomb Raider is based on, of course, the popular series of video games, and this is a completely unrelated reboot of the original attempt at a franchise that was done oh, almost 20 years ago. Lara Croft Tomb Raider, that one starred Angelina Jolie. This one touts Oscar-winning actress Alicia Vikander, who is taking a very physically demanding role with a lot of gusto and even gets to put forward an impressive and surprisingly emotive performance in a video game and movie franchise realm that is thus far eschewed, showing Lara Croft as vulnerable or relatable on more than just a surface level to push forward some grandiose action-adventure sequences. The director, whose name I can barely pronounce, Norwegian director Rar Utaug, takes the reins of this new potential series, working from a script from first-timer Geneva Robertson-Dwaret and Alistair Sidans, who has one credit to his name, Trespass Against Us. They script the tale as an origin story. They deviate a little bit from the narrative flow of the game and the first Tomb Raider series of movies by trying to craft this story that emphasizes reasons for action sequences and requisite puzzle solving within the core story of Lara Croft's quest, 
instead of injecting a placeholder story told in the form of cutscenes in order to tie those big set pieces together. So this is kind of told from the inside out. This is a movie that also emphasizes a grittier and grimmer look at the world of Lara Croft. This is a bit more in keeping with some of the more recent rebooted Tomb Raider game series. I've been told I haven't really played a lot of Tomb Raider in recent years, but I'm told it's a little bit more grounded and it shows Lara Croft as someone who's vulnerable both physically and emotionally. Now, this is a PG-13 rated film, but there is some killing, there's bloodshed, there's a few gruesome deaths, surprisingly horrific, as this film teases to become maybe a Rambo-esque tale of survival and retribution at times, preferring to showcase the world of Lara Croft as more one that is full of real and visceral peril, rather than one of advanced technology and displays of infinite wealth, as you would find in some of those early video games. Although the attempt to stay grounded for its heroine and her story does get a bit turbulent when the later scenes involve the tomb that are full of elements that one only finds in larger-than-life adventures. It's filled with elaborate traps, supernatural developments that should certainly inspire far more awe and terror in characters that are written to be earthy and believable. They seem to kind of take it all in stride, despite all of the really fantastical things going on. Vikander is appropriately cast, I think, here, even if she isn't British, but neither was Jolie, so she's perhaps a bit smaller in frame than you would typically find in representations of Lara Croft, but she has a very lean, very fit physicality that suggests that she could run and jump and somersault with the best of us. She also has an intelligence behind those eyes, and that definitely does help because Lara Croft is supposed to be very intelligent. She does a lot of puzzle solving along the way. Her eyes often are welling up in tears in order to sell us on the notion that Lara Croft is motivated to do everything she does in order to honor this father that she truly loves. Unfortunately, Vikander has a cast around her. They're handsome. They're very capable actors, but they're in roles that don't really require much out of them from a performance standpoint, and they seem far too uninteresting to the point where we wonder why the screenwriters even bothered giving us any backstory at all to some of these supporting characters. Kristen Scott Thomas is probably the most underutilized of those supporting characters. She only appears in a couple of scenes of note. You get the sense here that her role is being saved for maybe future entries in order to explore more in sequels that this film definitely sets up for, especially in the epilogue just prior to the end credits. What Tomb Raider, I think, could have used a bit more of is humor. A lot of the humor is relegated to a couple of throwaway scenes involving a pawn shop owner played by Nick Frost. He comes back toward the end of the film to remind us of how much we liked his interplay with Lara. And also to the detriment of the overall film, I think it reminds us of how much fun this film could have been if the snarky attitude and a, maybe a better cast chemistry was there throughout for Vikander to play against. A little bit more on some of the downside of this film. The movie, as I mentioned, is inherently predictable, and that makes the proceedings very dull beyond just admiring Vikander's performance and the overall grittiness of the experience. It's a bit bland, it's a bit boring. Despite the father-daughter story at the core of this film, it does have the semblance of an emotional experience instead of the delivery, even with a very teary-eyed Vikander to sell those scenes of her anguish. She does give a very good performance, and yet it doesn't really land in the way that I think that the makers of this film think that it should. Some viewers who are accustomed to the game are also going to feel a bit anxious that the movie takes a very lengthy amount of time before it gets to moments that actually capture the gameplay where Lara Croft has to run and jump and climb and shoot weapons and she stops momentarily to try to solve a puzzle or two to get to the next level. 
The first half of the film has a couple of action set pieces. Both of them, unfortunately, are entirely superfluous. One involves a bike chase in London. It's impressive. The other at a Hong Kong harbor. Then you know, some pretty good stunt work going on there, but given that we're not really invested in those scenes or what happens in them, you know, Laura has to chase down a trio of teenagers who've taken her travel pack. It's a scene that could have actually been completely excised from the film, and really the, the movie would not necessarily have suffered, except for the fact that they, I guess, felt they needed an action sequence there because it's Tomb Raider, and that's what people are expecting. The reason why I'm down on Tomb Raider, despite some admirable qualities, is that it lacks what most belunking adventure films get right. The sense of mystery, the suspense, the awe, and the exhilaration that we all want from an action adventure. The opening of Himiko's tomb should inspire anticipation, some shudders in the audience, but it plays out as just another step in the plot. It only becomes mildly interesting in seeing how the curse manifests itself into the real world, at least for a moment. We're told that the excavation of Himiko's tomb could end up in the deaths of millions, but the film's scope feels more like an excuse in the plot to try to up the stakes. It doesn't really play out on the screen. It still feels small and of little consequence only to the parties at hand. And unfortunately, without the awe at seeing priceless and dangerous artifacts unearthed and without interesting characters to follow, without a lot of sense of fun outside of a couple of scenes that turn out to be not really that necessary to the plot anyway, Tomb Raider remains an admirable effort in restraint, but it's in a genre that usually does better without that restraint. So I'm going to give Tomb Raider two and a half stars out of four. Two and a half stars on my scale means that I do think that the goods were here. They had the tools, they had the talent on board in order to deliver a pretty good film. And yet, it doesn't really put it all together. And I think the problem here is that mix of formula antics. The predictability certainly hampers it. But I think putting a little bit more emphasis on characters that we actually come to care about would go a long way to making us much more rooted into those action sequences and certainly would play a bigger role into making the ending much more suspenseful. If we really wanted to feel a sense of weight and scope to not only what happens to these characters, but also what might happen to the world once that tomb is actually raided and the curse ends up being unleashed into the world at large. And I don't really think that this film really feels as intriguing as it should be for an action adventure. Thanks everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review, even though ultimately I felt a little bit short in being able to wholeheartedly recommend this film. And you may have some disagreements. You can write to me. You can find my contact information on my website, quipster.net. And I also want to remind you that I do another podcast covering films of the 1980s, including the Indiana Jones series I'm going to be reviewing probably at some point in the near future. It's called Around the World in 80s Movies. I do encourage you to check that out. Wherever you're listening to this right now, do a search Around the World in 80s Movies. Until next time, thanks everyone for listening. And I do hope that if you go to the movie theater, that you have a great time.